Hysteria is brought to you by Books. This Mother's Day, give mom her flowers. She deserves the best. That's why you should send her farm fresh flowers from Books. That's short for bouquets. And right now, you can get 25% off your entire Books purchase. Here's why everyone likes the Books company. Books is different. Their flowers are cut fresh and sourced directly from the best flower farms, so they last way longer. They even have flowers grown on the side of a volcano, which I love. Books has modern designs and unique flowers you can't find anywhere else. Books is simple. Go online, pick the delivery date, and you are done. Mother's Day is May 12th. Don't miss the chance to thank your mom. Order your books now. And with 20% off, you can send some to mom, wife, aunt, and even grandma. Erin, I love my books. I love a flower that lasts forever, and my books arrangements really do last a full solid week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have uh, I have some sitting on my kitchen table right now, mm-hmm. and they've been there for several days. And usually when I buy them at, like, the grocery store, they're sort of, like, starting to crap Fade. out pretty quickly. Yep. Not with books. They stick around. They look beautiful. I like how they kind of slowly open up and become even more beautiful as they sit on your, you know, wherever Absolutely, you Absolutely, because they're that fresh. So go to books.com and use promo code hysteria for 25% off. That's B-O-U-Q-S.com, promo code hysteria. Books, promo code hysteria. Hello and welcome to Hysteria. I'm Erin Ryan. This week, Alyssa Mastermonico and I dive into the Katie Hill mess and our bleak future of revenge porn as Oppo research. Then Julissa Arce, Akila Hughes, and Megan Gailey join in studio for a discussion on witches. And finally, as always, the hills will die on. Before we get started, a little bit of housekeeping. If you want to submit a Hill You'll Die On, record a 30-second voice memo on your phone and send it to hysteria at crooked.com. If you have a question about navigating a tough situation at work or how to make friends as an adult, or maybe you're looking for life advice or you want to know what our favorite scary movies are, send us an email at hysteria at crooked.com with your questions and we'll answer them in our weekly video segment, Dude You Asked, which you can find on Crooked Media's socials. This week, I'm issuing a shout-out to parents who made their kids' costumes this year. Congratulations. This is the longest time between now and the next time you'll have to make another costume for something impossible your kid wants to be. Now let's get to the show. Greetings and salutations. Good morning. Good morning to you. Oh, my God. Alyssa, I don't even have anything like stupid to say right now. I'm just going to list some things that I wish we could talk about. Here's what I wish we could talk about. Okay. Uh, I wish we could talk about Nicole Wallace calling other pundits chicken shit on MSNBC and they said the word shit. Did you see that? I did see that. It was delicious. It was great. It was great. Uh, I wish we could talk about President Trump not knowing how to participate in trick-or-treating. Put a candy... That was a mild tragedy. How is he so weird at everything? Or attend a baseball game with any sort of flair, I guess. Who wears a suit to a baseball game? Like Who who have you ever seen look that constipated at a baseball game? I don't know. Mike Pence did the football game equivalent of it when he went to see the Colts and then left after 30 seconds because he was going to throw a a star-spangled fit. Um, 
Also, I liked uh, the president trying to cozy up to a dog when it's clear that he hates dogs. Like, I don't think he's ever petted a dog. Which is why tweeting about it was an easy <laughs> was an easy thing for him because he didn't have to touch him. Right, exactly. He's he's not going to... He's as likely to pet the dog as he is to, pull, to throw out the first pitch in Game 7, which is very <laughs> unlikely. <laughs> um, I would also... I could talk about the fact that I finally realized what Jared Kushner reminds me of, which is a... A uh, haunted ventriloquist dummy. That is fucking genius, Aaron. Yeah, I finally figured it out. I cracked it. But we can't talk about any of that. We can't talk about any of that. We have to talk about Katie Hill. And we should talk about Katie Hill. We should talk about Katie. Alyssa, have you been having some moral problems with this story as it's been unfolding? Like, what are your thoughts on what has gone down? I just, it's like you can't... <sighs> It is so, look, who among us, when I was filling out all of my paperwork, and everyone will tell you this, when you start seeing the questions that the government asks you, right, when you want to work in the White House or in Congress, and you start thinking back to everything that you've ever done. And so, and you're like, is this going to come back to haunt me? Is that party at, you know, Kappa Sig in, in you know, 1993 going to come back to haunt me? And then, you know, you see this and like, look, should she have had a relationship with someone who worked for? No, it's not a good idea. But she was fucking terrorized. Like her husband proved how abusive he is. Like, it's not like a, like, like he approved how abusive he is by, by taking all of these private photos and like committing some sort of fucking conspiracy with the GOP and disgusting news outlets to terrorize a woman who just wanted to be free from him. And, you know, I think that like, I wish, I, I wished, you know, you see what's happening and you understand why she resigned, right? You're like, I fucking would have done it too. Mm -hmm. I would have been afraid of what else was coming. But like, I just, I wish that she wouldn't have, because I think that public sentiment, global, like, like, like conservative Democrat, I think it's more on her side than she ever would have imagined. Because I think every sitting member of Congress, when they saw what happened to her, thought about those forms that they filled out and the things that flashed through their mind. And if someone had a picture of whatever they were thinking about, they could like shoot it into the universe. Um, so I just, I really like, I was, when I saw the note, I was in the car when I saw that she was resigning and I literally, I, I genuinely got sick to my stomach and got like very choked up. I felt really, I felt really bad. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's one of those things where, so first of all, there are two things that Katie Hill is alleged to have done. Right. One of them is strictly against the rules of the House, and she has denied. One of them is not against the rules of the House, but is a little bit, is is ethically not good, which she has Correct. not, which she has not denied. The photos are from the affair with the female congressional staffer. The affair allegedly started before she, and I guess it was it was a consensual affair. Uh, the affair allegedly started before the woman worked for Katie Hill's campaign, but Katie hired the woman to work for her campaign. Now that's not ethically great, but it's also not against the rules. Um, she still denies the one that was against the rules and the one that uh, that prompted the ethical investigation. And the whole thing, do you know what a rat fuck is? 
Yeah, this. Yes. The whole thing feels like a very Karlovian rat fuck with an awful digital twist because we're now living in the worst possible outcome of, of all technology. Um, so a rat fuck is when a uh, opposing political parties plant negative stories in the news and uh, just kind of wait for them to take off. And as sort of like swift boat veterans for truth, which is a Carl mm. Rovian rat fuck. Um, in this case, there were photos to back up the charges that weren't actually the original charges that prompted the ethics investigation. So like the pictures that we're seeing are not photo evidence of what Katie Hill did to allegedly did to break the rules. They're photo evidence of a different thing that are highly sensationalized and that are uh, revenge porn because they're non-consensual pornographic photos of a, uh, a of a sitting member of Congress. Um, and now it's kind of looking more and more like it is. Uh, it was something that was a that was an opposition research type thing aided and abetted by conservative media. Um, Alyssa, here's a question that I've seen people ask on Twitter that I've asked myself mm. too. Would feminists, would people on the left be uh, as ardently defending and this person engrossed out by the uh, actions of whoever released the photos if the woman who was the target of the revenge porn were conservative? I think so. I think so. In the same way, I mean, I was shocked to see that tweet from Matt Gates gets, how the fuck you say his name, yeah. um, saying that, that these photos being released was absurd and disgusting and bad. I mean, I think like there's just, would you want this done to you? Fuck no. And I think that when it comes to people can put aside their feelings about her, her relationships, her affairs, her relationships with people who she employed at one point. But like this, the the meat of this, these photos, I do think, I mean, I know I would, I would defend someone who I didn't agree with mm-hmm. if this were, unless I caveat this, unless that person, so say this is six months from now, if someone had jumped on the let's attack the morality of Katie Hill bandwagon, and then this was done to them, I mean, I might be less sort of forgiving or less thing, but like in the general set, like I genuinely think that that people would be like, no, this is, this is not okay for anybody. I mean, revenge porn is illegal in D.C. and it's illegal in California, thanks in part to efforts from Kamala Harris. Um, and that Ka- Kamala Harris has made it something that she's talking about on the campaign trail now. Um I I just find this like the question of whether or not we would defend a conservative woman is a little bit silly to me because I have defended conservative women who I think have gotten, I mean, no pun intended, but have gotten like screwed in the way that they've been talked about after having affairs. Like um, AJ AJ Delgado is a woman who used to work for Donald Trump and she had an affair with Jason Miller, another Donald Trump, um, another Donald Trump associate. And uh, she got pregnant and she's pro-life. Jason Miller allegedly told her to have an abortion and she said no and she didn't have an abortion she had the kid and their custody battle has been really ugly aj has basically been made a pariah jason is still going on cable news like that's fucking bullshit that is fucking bullshit and and like she's you know that's that's an example of a, a case where you know revenge porn wasn't in play but i know that that case got very ugly and i know that it continues to be very ugly and aj is just trying to 
be a mother at this point and, and Jason is going back on TV, which is is really fucked up. Here's another question I have, though. Would we be as angry about this? Because this is like actually makes me sick to my stomach. Would I be, would you be as angry about this if this were a man, if this were happening to a man? I mean... I'd like to think so, <laughs> you know, but I guess that it's really hard for me to conceive of this ever happening to a man. You know what I mean? I mean it's Anthony easier Weiner. for me to think of it. Anthony Weiner to yeah. an extent. I mean, th- that's the thing. Like I've thought about it too. And when Anthony Weiner, when the Anthony Weiner scandal broke, I was kind of like, ew, gross, you know, sending dick pics to yuck, you know, like I don't want to see the ball. Because, well, my issue with him is that it seems so fucking stupid. You know what I mean? Like, like he's just that he wasn't in a consensual relationship where pictures were taken, which is terrible. He was literally texting them to the internet. Mm-hmm. That's true. He's still tweeted, not okay. He he, you know, it. I mean like that's like, that's stupid. And he had never met these people. He had no relationship. There was no trust, you know, that was necessarily violated. It was like, an internet thing, but still not, you know, still not great. And I felt very badly for, you know, his family when this was all happening. Yeah. I just think the thing that, that is really annoying and makes me feel extra sick about all this is that like, I saw a lot of response to the Katie Hill stuff where it was like, everybody had to to go out of their way to be like, of course, Katie Hill shouldn't have slept with a staffer. Of course, like everybody has to do this, like very choreographed, like calming down the conservatives before they're like, yeah, but this fucking. Yeah, totally. And, and you don't really see that on the conservative side when, you know, Blake Farenthold and other members of Congress who are no longer there were implicated in sexual harassment. So non-consensual like sexual interplay, um, they were able to to serve out the remainder of their terms, even though people on the left were like, come on, say something, do something about these creepy guys. Um, what's ending up happening is because I think people on the left are so intent on seeming fair and seeming as though they're approach, you know, they're fairly applying. Unimpeachable. Yeah, right. We're fairly applying our moral standards to people on our own side. But the fact of the matter is the other side never applies any moral standards whatsoever to itself. Donald Trump is the president. How many women have accused him credibly of sexual assault and harassment? It took the jaws of life to get that fucking Rob Porter out of the White House. (laughs) It really did. It really did. So how do we... How do we um, how do we acknowledge the fact that people who run for office sometimes have made ethically bad decisions and maybe are flawed? Um, how do we, how do we like get anything done when what's what's happening now is we're expecting we're like having enforced perfection on our side and then the other side is being able to get away with murder, literally totally. like almost literally murder. Like what do we do? I wish that everyone could employ the stop, drop, and roll. You know what I mean? Like something's happening. Everyone take a beat. Let's think about how how bad is this really? Was someone hurt in the process of this? Like, like what are the I feel like I feel like it's often a real rush to judgment to sort of like absolve the entire party of any wrongdoing. Do you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. That it's like, okay, well, we all agree, you know, Katie, she shouldn't have done that, which like, I agree, she shouldn't have had the inner, the the fucking affair with her employee. But like, come on, like, everyone just needs to, it all happened so quick. I remember you, you were texting me, I had been off Twitter for like 24 hours. And I was like, the fuck are you even talking about? Like, 
I'm a pretty knowledgeable person who is fairly socially media aware. And it happened all so quickly. Like it shouldn't have, nothing should happen that quickly. I think that's my, yeah. I mean, cause I texted you and you were like, what? And then like three minutes later, oh no, (laughs) right? (laughs) which like another thing that really sucks about this is yeah, revenge porn is illegal and hopefully somebody is going to end up in jail um, because it looks like this is a, I mean, reporting is still coming out on it, but it appears that this, uh, the leak of these photos was something that was orchestrated, um, in a way that was not just a person releasing photos. It was organizations playing a role in it. So um, tinfoil hat time, but I might have to take it off within 24 hours. Um, <laughs> what? But here's the thing, like revenge, revenge porn is illegal, but a ton of conservatives that are on my newsfeed were retweeting screenshots of the photos and nope. like links nope. to the links to the, but, but that isn't, something that we really know how to handle. Like we can go after the people at red state, not we, but you know, authorities can go after the people at red state or the right wing media, like the right wing host that, uh, that had the photos originally and distributed them, but they can't really go after people that are retweeting photos of it. Right. Like I was reading an article that made me really sad. It was uh, a woman who had been a Katie Hill supporter who now was just spending time looking for people who were retweeting revenge porn photos of Katie Hill and reporting them. That's awesome. Yeah. That's the world we live in now. So, ugh. (laughs) I mean, I can't, no, I just, it's like, I think that like, the people, and I saw the people too, who were retweeting, I think that you're a pretty fucking depraved, soulless person if you are retweeting that kind of shit. And also apparently have lived a totally perfect life Mm -hmm. where you have nothing to ever regret or feel sorry for. I mean, that's the, I mean, it's really sort of pedestrian to say, but it's like fucking walk in someone's shoes. Right. Like, you know, I really, I just, I saw that and I was like, I unfollowed a lot of people that that was my way of fighting back. I unfollowed some people who I didn't even realize I followed, um, (laughs) who were retweeting shit like that. Yeah. It was just this whole story just, it's like making me sick to my stomach. And I hope that, um, Katie Hill and her post congressional career, um, is able to tackle the revenge porn thing because that's what she says she's going to do. I think that she'd be a great anti-revenge porn advocate because like this sucks. Sucks. Um, okay. So for toast and roast this week, Alyssa, you and I, it's a rare double roast. We both had the same person to roast. We did. Um, we did. So I think that instead of just do both of us roasting and we should just let's, do you want to do a new segment? Erin, I feel like it's time for a new, fresh segment. Okay. How about we call it Fuck That Guy? Do you mean Fuck That Guy? Fuck That Guy. Fuck That Guy. Okay. So on Tuesday, the Missouri State Director of Health, Randall Williams, who is a gynecologist, like... O-B-G-Y-N. O-B-G-Y-N, indeed. Uh, Gross. He testified in a hearing that he had been keeping a spreadsheet tracking the periods of patients at Planned Parenthood in Missouri. He said he was doing this because he was trying to track failed abortions. Um, fuck that guy. Fuck that guy. <laughs> like, what the fuck? This is, this is, do you know what my immediate, and you and I talked about this a lot back, back in the day, meaning like a year ago. Remember that fucking guy who ran the office of refugee resettlement Yeah, and he was tracking everybody's periods. Fuck 
them both. That's Fuck so creepy. Guys. Fuck that guy. It's so fucking creepy to have a man who is a, a health professional request information about your menstrual period so that he can track them. The only thing that made me LOL about this whole story is that there was a spreadsheet he had. The last column in the spreadsheet was the the last date of each woman's period, right? Even though they said that the spreadsheet was numeric, it didn't have names, yada, yada. But I laughed because how many times have you gone to the gynecologist and they were like, what was the date of your last period? And I just make some shit up. So I was like, good on, I'm sure his, his, his spreadsheet was very accurate. Yeah. Yeah. Well, those women should never have to remember when their last period was again, because apparently the state is keeping track of it. Um, Randall Williams, fuck that guy. Fuck that guy. (laughs) Okay, Alyssa, um, we're going to take a quick break, but uh, thanks for calling in and we'll chat more next week. Bye. This episode is brought to you by IQ Bar. Power up your life with superior brain and body nutrition products from IQ Bar. Their plant protein bars are the perfect low-carb breakfast. Their IQ Mix Zero Sugar Hydration Drinks replenish electrolytes. And their IQ Joe Mushroom Coffees will keep you focused all day long. Start each day right with IQ Bar's brain and body boosting bars, hydration mixes, and mushroom coffees. Their ultimate sampler pack includes all three. IQ Bar empowers doers with superior brain and body nutrition. All their products are entirely free from gluten, dairy, soy, GMOs, and artificial sweeteners. And today, Hysteria listeners get an exclusive offer of 20% off plus free shipping. Just text HYSTERIA to 64000. One thing I love about IQ Bar is, first of all, right now it's really dry where I am. Oh, okay. It is hard for me to stay hydrated. I just like, I'll just be going through my day and I'll be like, why am I so like... Parched. I'm parched. I'm in a bad mood. I feel like I'm going to pass out. And it's, ah, you got to drink some water. You got to stay hydrated. I really like their IQ Mix Zero Sugar Hydration Drinks because it allows me to rehydrate myself at a time when I feel like the atmosphere is trying to take all my moisture away. Well, and sometimes you need more than just water. Sometimes you need more more than just water. I also love IQ bars because I love a portable breakfast. I love a grab-and-go breakfast, no dishes. Love something I can walk around holding and eating. I like something I can eat in my car without endangering the lives of me and every other motorist on the road. A breakfast burrito... (laughs) <laughs> not not the safest thing to eat behind the wheel. IQ bar, go ahead and do it. Good for you. Great ingredients. Helps you stay focused and alert throughout the day. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, and you don't have to dirty any dishes. Refuel smarter with IQ bar's ultimate sampler pack. That's seven IQ bars, four IQ mix sticks, and four IQ Joe sticks. And now our special podcast listeners get 20% off all IQ Bar products plus get free shipping. To get your 20% off, just text Hysteria to 64000. Get your discount, text Hysteria to 64000. That's H-Y-S-T-E-R-I-A to 64000. Message and data rates may apply. See terms for details. Okay, we're back. Welcome to the part of Hysteria where I'm no longer sitting alone at a table <laughs> talking into a telephone conversation with Alyssa Mastermonico. Um, it's personal political. This week, I'm going to introduce my lovely panel first. Her new album, My Dad Paid for This, which is such a good <laughs> title, comes out this Friday. Megan Gailey. Hi. 
yeah. Welcome. Oh, that's a terrible voice to accompany. My dad paid for this as a title. But I was just, I get, um, I get happy and I haven't been here. And that was the joy I was feeling in my voice. Yeah. Well, you've also got a big next week too. I am doing the Tonight Show on Tuesday. It's kind of confusing because I'm taping it on Monday, but then it airs on Tuesday. And I'm already like, I know in my mind, my parents' friends are going to be like, why are you there now? Like I've already prepared for being like, you know, sometimes show business isn't live. Uh, (laughs) Sometimes there's a tape delay. And for me, it's 24 hours. Uh, When I was a kid, I thought that like all the late night hosts literally had offices that looked out onto the cities. I did too. Like all next to each other. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, it was like, oh yeah, Jay Leno or like Johnny Carr. That's or whatever. What I thought too. Yeah, they have these big windows that look out into the cityscape. Not that they're in this like <laughs> but very. How do they all have the same view. I don't right. know. Because they're friends. <laughs> yeah. And then when you when you watch the news, yes, of course, every pundit is sitting in front of a window with like Times Square behind them. That's where all of the windows are. In <laughs> you New said York. when you were a kid. I feel like I learned this like three years ago that Wait, that was happening. It's not real. Uh-huh. <laughs> One of my favorite things to do when I would be put in a flash studio at like CNN was like sometimes I would be put in a flash studio and I would be literally next door to the other person that was on the same like square block with me on screen. <laughs> but they put you in separate flash studios so you fight. Yeah. And like, so they would be in New York and I would be in New York and we would have different views behind us that were like artificially... <laughs> It, cable news is so weird. Um, second, I want to introduce national best-selling author and a woman who just uh, turned in a draft of something. Yeah, Julissa Arce. <laughs> it's uh, I just submitted the 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 proposal for my third book, yeah. which I'm really excited about. It's going to be all all about the battle wounds of assimilation. Oh, wow. So I'm excited for it's it. It's a real light reading. A real light reading. I mean, that's all I do. You know, light things. It's a beach read. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> How have you been? Good. I've I've been, um, you know, Hispanic Heritage Month just ended. And so I've been on the road for like the last six weeks. Uh, and it's been really exciting. I've met a ton of really wonderful people. I was in Congress um, for a press conference about the American Latino Museum so that we can have a uh, Latino History Museum on the National Mall. Oh, that's cool. That was really exciting. Um, I think it might actually pass. So I'm excited about that. That's awesome. awesome. Congrats. I'm excited about life right now. Yeah. I feel good. I I would too if I were you. Uh, Finally, I want to introduce the host of the new What A Day podcast from Crooked Media, Akilah Hughes. What it do? (laughs) Good morning. How are you? Oh, I'm so sleepy. (laughs) We're working hard. Yeah, I I just was listening to you and uh, because we were joking that because I can't get paid unless I listen to every Crooked Media (laughs) podcast. (laughs) How's it going so far? Oh, it's great. It's great. We uh, we've had three episodes come out so far. There'll probably be more by the time this comes out. uh, The one more. And wow, uh, exhausting. We do it the night before. So because I'm a perfectionist and a Virgo, <laughs> we like to stay to the very last minute of uploading, which is uh, exhausting. Yeah, I can see that. Your nails say what a day. They say what a day. Oh, I mean, it matches the hysteria. Oh, yeah. Love having like nail, nail and like, length, and they're like orange, like like perfect for like also like double S Halloween nails. Yeah. Uh, very versatile. When I they grow them. out next month, they're going to be ugly. <laughs> <laughs> but right now, they're on point. But for now, yeah, exactly. Um, guys, I have to talk to you about something. Um, when I was driving here today, this is in prep for the topic. I put on a podcast uh, called The Witch Wave, and look, I. It was not for me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, lately in the last few years um, and on social media, I've seen a lot of 
women who are now, uh, they're witches now, um, who are participating in various witch traditions, whether that's Wicca or, you know, tarot cards or some kind of divination or whatever. Um, And some of it just kind of seems like a hodgepodge of a whole bunch of pagan things that they read on, you know, books. Mm -hmm. Um, The new kind of witchcraft and the pop popularization of it, though, seems like it's something deeper than me just like being a bitch about social media, because like everything's everything is stupider if you put it on social media. There's something deeper at play if all of these women from all of these different backgrounds are trying to like harness something like trying to get back in touch with some kind of form of religion. So I want to talk about witches, especially because it's uh, it's Halloween and um. I want to start with Julissa. Uh, what do you think when you hear the word witch? All right. So I'm actually going to read something. I know you've got a whole I have notebook. a notebook. <laughs> I, I, I come Is prepared. this part of the draft? <laughs> you got to stop writing so much. No, it's just wild. You're like, hard. I've been so busy. And you show up with a notebook. I'm like, I've really been doing nothing. Yeah, I'm like, honestly, no notebook here. <laughs> I just came from bed. But all right. <laughs> it's because it's cause I'm an immigrant. That's why we work harder. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, but actually, I, I, I was reading this article that my girl um, Yvette Montoya wrote. And this sentence, I think, kind of captures exactly how I feel about like witches and like brujas, Mm -hmm. the Spanish word for it. It's quick. It's quick. It's not like a book or anything. Uh, Far from images of white women dancing naked in the woods and getting burned at the stake by people in tacky outfits. Today's IG brujas are fly chingonas breaking stereotypes as well as boundaries. And I think to me, that's what that's what it means to be a bruja. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's what it means to be like a witch. It's sort of... um, being like a badass who's who's reconnecting with with her roots, right? Because like being a, being a, a bruja, um, like if you think about like witches, and when I think about witches in like Mayan culture and like Aztec culture and like all of the rituals that we that my ancestors used to have, and um, you know the sage we used to burn and stuff, it was about like connecting to the earth and connecting to the ancestors, and uh, all of that went away when the colonizers came and we're trying to like make everybody Christian, mm-hmm. right? And then we started looking at all of these rituals as something that that uh, things that were like devil-like and unholy mm-hmm. and um and and I'm glad that like we're kind of going back to a place where reconnecting with our ancestors is is like looked at as a good thing. Mm-hmm. It's no longer this like devil evil thing that we don't know things that we don't know about and therefore we just like think it's like bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's an interesting point. Um Akila, mm-hmm. what do you think of when you think of a modern day witch. Okay, so <laughs> I sort of have the same problem that you have, which is I kind of like when I think of what a witch is writ large, it is something different than what a modern day witch is. And I do have this sort of like repulsion to the sort of very LA, very blonde and like we have our coven every Wednesday. I'm like it's a networking event. Like stop trying to brand <laughs> as a coven. You're doing nothing but like trying to meet, I don't know, insert celebrity. <laughs> and I think that it just feels like another trend. Like mm-hmm. it's 
just something to do that makes you seem interesting. If you have like a very boring life story, like, well, sometimes I do this witch thing, but it's never specific. It's just like, I spend $50 on crystals. I use essential mm-hmm. oils. I put like extra virgin olive oil on top of my soup. Like it's not a real <laughs> <laughs> substantive I didn't realize thing. that was magical. I just thought yeah. that was weird. Yeah. It's like they're a little like, I don't know, they're cauldron, but it's just butternut squash soup with oil on it. <laughs> I mean, it seems like the word witch applies to a lot of different different things. Like it applies to things that when, you know, colonizers arrived somewhere, they decided it was scary and bad and they were trying to brand it as evil. And it's also now people trying to latch on safely to the danger of that word. Mm Because like, what could possibly happen to you if you're like a blonde woman in LA living as a witch? Like, (laughs) Or like, even at all. (laughs) Right. Like what? I mean, (laughs) like what persecution is going to happen to you? But then if you take a look back at like, you know, uh, early America, people who were practicing Afro-Caribbean religions of the enslaved were branded witches for deviating somehow from what their masters told them to believe. So it seems like it's a big word. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Megan, what do you think? I've already learned so much. Uh, (laughs) I mean, there was a girl at my high school who became a Wiccan and we all made fun of her Um, and she was a blonde woman. And so when I look back on that, I'm like, oh, we were mean to her. And it's like, no, I guess we were correct. <laughs> like, what do you do? You know, and she would she would very much like carry the book mm. with her to classes. It's like you the know, performance. It was. It was it was it was poor man's craft in a lot of ways. <laughs> but then when I think about like when I just hear that word and obviously it's October, I, of course, go to Hocus Pocus. But then as I read through, you know, we get these very long, beautiful outlines made for us. <laughs> and sometimes I wonder if I'm on the show so the audience can listen to a white woman learn in real time. <laughs> because I'm like, wait, what? oh, yeah, I forgot that there, before there were women in Salem, mm-hmm. there were women all over the world and and. Maybe maybe we gentrified that. Maybe that's what the witches um, of of Salem were doing. We're stealing and culturally appropriating something that existed for centuries before that. What getting murdered? Because that, yeah. that's really what they weren't actually doing witchcraft. They were just getting killed. Like yeah, was, they were just like, I don't want to get married, and they're like, Well, fuck you. Um, <laughs> but then I remember that woman in Robin Hood who had like a wonky eye. And that was like the first time as a kid, I remember seeing a witch and being like, oh, she's actually spooky, spooky. It wasn't like the Wizard of Oz, which is it wasn't this sort of like Disney witch. It was I have a weird eye and I'm making things and, and smashing them and then poisoning people. Yeah, I mean, it It seems like a sort of, like I was saying, a kind of umbrella term for things that women are doing that aren't in line with the patriarchy, mm-hmm. which so in one way, it's sort of like. It's, yeah, it's, like it's our lazy version of today. It's right, like so right. much more convenient. Right. <laughs> I take a kind of my witch meeting. It's the female millennial. It's just yeah. like, she's a witch. <laughs> right. On one hand, it's it's like uh, it, there's something very tiresome about people who are a member of an empowered group deciding that they have magical powers on top of the powers that prejudice allow them. But then on the other hand, there's something kind of compelling, I think, about young women seeing a world that is like really unfairly stacked against 
people for no reason other than their gender or their gender expression or their belief in nature. And I was listening to something this week where somebody tied environmentalism to witchcraft. And I found that really interesting Mm -hmm. because we live in a time now when it's sort of like, well, the earth's on fire and you're either on the Mm -hmm. side of, yeah, I agree with the facts or like, no, fuck the earth. And it seems like witchcraft kind of aligns with the environmental aspect of things too, which I, I don't know. Yeah, well, like another another word for um, for bruja, which in Spanish is curandera, which means like healer, mm-hmm. right? And uh, and so healers are people like use all sorts of natural things to yeah. like heal you from all sorts of ailments, right? So like eating naturally or like take this potion, which is really just like uh, I don't know, like. Uh, lemon and water and like a bunch of other things right and it's like okay we have a cold have this that's all natural and like let's take care of the earth because we're connected to the earth so I mean in some ways I think you know if we had just been allowed to like keep those religions from the beginning we wouldn't have like this shit that we have now with fires Mm -hmm. burning and like the earth dying right you know and like and then I think about like like the 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 colonizers that came, they were like scared because of the stuff that we're doing. And I'm like, I would have been scared of you telling me the story where Jesus turned water into wine. Like, <laughs> like if that's not witchcraft, then like right. what is? It's only witchcraft if women are the ones that are in control of reproduction and life and right. and health. And when men do it, then it's normal, which is like the so topsy turvy <laughs> version of the world. Like the the like I don't know. This is going to sound really woo woo, California, but <laughs> I feel like magic, like what women have in their body is the ability to make another person, mm-hmm. which is crazy. Like, if you think about it, it is crazy. Um, that's something that was the idea that of the creator was stolen from women and, like, ascribed to a, a masculine God, a masculine church. And I think that there's some—I think witches are trying to get that back. Mm-hmm. As silly as I found that podcast that I was trying to listen to today, where it's like, I am not going to try to connect with a goddess Artemis. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm just not. I'm just, I can't. I, I would prefer to, I don't know, read a book that's based on a real thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but and Artemis is like the Beyonce of witches. <laughs> like who's the head witch? There is, that's the thing. There is no central I think the authority. term you're looking for is the Supreme. <laughs> <laughs> and it's Angela Bassett. <laughs> I just need somewhere to direct the energy so mm-hmm. that I know who the head witch in charge is. <laughs> but there's like, you know, the brujas in, in Latino culture. And then, you know, in European culture, they have their own tradition. And then in Caribbean culture, mm-hmm. there's their own traditions. In mm-hmm. African culture, like mm-hmm. every different part of the world has produced different traditions of what we now umbrella-ify as like witches. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, I... I I find the whole thing very, like, confused. And I I find, like, critique of it to be, like, almost kind of to border on misogynist, kind of, Mm -hmm. even though I myself am engaging. I'm so so turned around when it comes to this, guys. I mean, I'm super turned off by, by, like, you know, like, oh, let's, like— get together like you were saying like, and like it's a potluck right we're witches right exactly or like everybody bring your crystal and I've a, I've a thousand percent been to one of these <laughs> I mean I know 
thousands of white girls who've just been like, yeah, the coven meets on Tuesdays. And I'm like, I'm never going to that. Like, well, you it was see like, me there, like literally. Call the police. Yeah, call the police. It was actually really. Call the <laughs> Turn me around. Walk me calmly to I'm the I'm an toilet. alien. If you, um, if you see me there, I've, you definitely have cast some sort of on me. <laughs> well, it was the, the coven that I went to. Um, it was really funny too because it still had the female dynamics of regular friend hangouts. Like one witch was being like, was talking over another witch. And she's like, okay, but I thought I was going to be the witch that was like leading the tarot cards. And now she keeps talking about her experience with her ex-boyfriend. Like it became <laughs> this sort of like sorority girl <laughs> witch convention. Yeah, like they gentrified. That, yeah. <laughs> that's, like, that's like totally like, that's like kitty uh, witchcraft. Like, let me tell you about real witchcraft here. Oh, good. When I was little, and this is fucking scary. When I was little, my mom took me, we were in Chicago somewhere and we were like in the basement <laughs> Of this like Cuban woman, woman mm-hmm. that lived in Chicago, and she chopped the head off a chicken and poured like the blood on me. On you. And I was so terrified. I mean, to this day, I'm like, Mom, what the hell was that? And <laughs> and she's just like, we were like setting you up for life. And yeah. I'm like, no, that was terrifying. Like that, that's like, that's what I know about witchcraft and like what I know about like Santeria, mm-hmm. which again, like I think in Spanish, like the word Santeria means like worshiper of saints. Like mm-hmm. it doesn't have this like connotation as like witchcraft, witchcraft, you know? Uh-huh. Um, I mean, now my mom is like super Christian and she's like, I'm so sorry I took you to that. And yeah, I'm just like, like it I'm like, I'm just so sorry. <laughs> You're thriving. Mm-hmm. All these little I promise you, it was not because of chicken because I have to go to therapy to like <laughs> unsee all of it. To unsee the chicken. Like that was scary. And I do think that there's parts of like magic that are scary. Yeah. That I would like never dabble in because they're real scary. There's parts of regular like mainstream religion that's scary mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. Like cutting the end of a baby's penis off is it's part of mainstream religion. <laughs> almost drowning the baby. Yeah, almost it. drowning the baby. <laughs> Dressing a little girl up like a tiny bride and having her pretend to marry Jesus by eating his fake body. Mm. A lot of scary stuff. First mm. communion. What is that? First communion. That that's, that's not what happens in first communion. Body yeah. of, body of Christ, man. Oh, <laughs> you're like too I thought you meant like a real body part. I was nah. like, what? Like no. that's not what happens. What religion's that? <laughs> it's Catholicism. <laughs> um, but it's just like I don't know. There's like there's stuff that is like disturbing about. And even just the stories, like the Book of Job is just like <laughs> the best horror film ever. I'm like, oh, so God kills your whole family <laughs> and you just like you still respect me, though, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I fucked up your face, but you love me, right? <laughs> Say it. Say it back. Somebody should make the Bible into like a horror movie. Ooh. I think that's The Exorcist. Oh, uh, but that's like takes place in modern times. I'm talking about like oh, gotcha, Bible. Gotcha. I want a Bible times horror movie. Okay, that is just like the Book of Job. Okay, is that the one with the? Oh, that's Lot's wife that turned around and yeah. turned into a pillar of salt. Yeah. Which yeah. is a weird thing to do to somebody. I mean, even in like the like the whole story about Moses where God makes him blind because he doesn't want to do it. It's like, fine, fuck you, you're blind now. <laughs> that is so mean. <laughs> like, that happened to me because I said no. God does stuff that witches are supposed are like supposedly do all the time. He yeah. makes people blind. He makes them kill their kids. He makes bushes talk to He people. makes bushes talk yeah. to people. What's the difference between God and like our concept of like what a witch can do? It's just that God's a dude yeah. and witches are ladies. And maybe that answers your point about this generation of people who are looking to go back to religion in some way. I think that 
organized religion has just such a bad taste in its mouth. It's very long. We're a generation that likes things quickly. Like, give me the cliff notes on Jesus. What's he trying to say this week? Um, But I also think that, like, there is a lack of community space in this country now. And I think that that's what church used to sort of be for a lot of communities. And now, you know, now you have to go to these (laughs) after work (laughs) <laughs> meetings in West Hollywood. With, with wine and cheese. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> or go to a, or like protesting. I think it's like a women. Yeah, but that's way harder. <laughs> that's I get to people, walk past all those stores. <laughs> I think people think that's what social media is. Yeah. Like they're like my friends mm-hmm. on Facebook. I'll take this question mm-hmm. about what I should do about a job to the internet and then I'll let everyone answer mm-hmm. and then I'll not do it (laughs) because I I hope they don't do, but I can, I think that's like, that's where the social of social media comes into. It's like our now it's our church now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Do you guys think if you lived in, I don't know, let's say circa 1400s (laughs) Europe, (laughs) do you think that you would have been pegged as a witch? I would have died at the age of two. I wouldn't have made it. (laughs) (laughs) Two is like giving myself a long time. I probably would have died immediately. (laughs) I couldn't have made it. So I don't think I would have been a witch. I think I would have been a chubby, cute little toddler gone too soon. Uh-huh. And you would have been one of those little gravestones that had a yeah, creepy... Yeah, a little baby. Baby a, face. A little, little cherub. <laughs> like a baby skull. They're yeah. always like these spooky little baby graves that if you go to like Boston or whatever. Oh, like, yeah. I, we went to the tenement house in New York. And for some reason, we did the Irish one because it's like, can't we learn about anything else? <laughs> and then at the end, there's a baby coffin. And it's like, we get it. <laughs> <laughs> Babies died sometimes. Julissa, would you have been a witch? I mean... It's hard for me to imagine myself in the 1400s in Europe because pop <laughs> yeah, culture hasn't created that image. Right? So almost a hundred percent. Put yourself in an environment where I, where you, where you would have been a woman in your situation living. I probably, you know, I probably would have been like 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 the the woman who gets sacrificed. Uh, because, you know, like most beautiful woman. In yeah. The most <laughs> <laughs> <was> beautiful virgin. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Thrown into a volcano. Okay. Got it. Got it. Got it. Uh, when, when I was in Chile this year, that, that we were like climbed a volcano and our guide pointed to this other volcano and was like, that's where they threw the virgins in. And we were like, that's dark. Yeah. Like, it was nearby. So <laughs> that's where you would have been. Chilling. Yeah. Chilies. <laughs> Grilling. Yeah. Akila, how about you? I mean, I probably wouldn't have got the bubonic plague because black people don't like stick around when people start coughing. <laughs> so they probably would have been like, why is she not like covered in buboes? Which? <laughs> so all that stuff. Yeah. I'm like- not clear on the bubonic plague timeline. And I don't care to be educated on it. So don't leave a comment. There was I a don't plague care. In the 1400s, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. Well, yeah, I think I would have been. And you know, what's funny, though, is like, you know, that was a rat born illness. I'm going to educate you regardless. That's right. I, I do remember this part. It was a rat born illness. And colonialism like, brought it, it everywhere. It, everywhere. Yeah. We had no diseases. Yeah. God, we're such jerks. <laughs> really. Like, well, we're here. Here's some weird rats. Yeah. <laughs> they let them cough in your mouth really quick. One thing I think a lot about is like how much European settlers must have stank. Yeah. Oh. We must have stunk so bad. Like, I, I've read... <laughs> they didn't even have to, like, look at the sails coming up on the shore. They're like, like what what is that smell? It smells like the empty subway car. We don't know what a subway is yet, but yeah. that's what the car is. When they open the airplane 
after like the, the red eye. And I'm like, good God. Yeah. Because <laughs> oh, like you read historical accounts of like how the indigenous people in the Americas like bathed and took care of themselves. And like Europeans are just coming up here like pig pen with yeah. stink rays coming <laughs> off of them. And uh, yeah, we must have stunk. Would you have been a witch? Um, you know, it's one of those questions that's like, would you have been a Peggy or a Joan? Everybody says they would have been a Peggy, but they probably would have been a Joan. Mm-hmm. Like every, a lot of people who are like in my shoes are like, oh, yeah, I'm a, you know, white lady in her 30s. And I, you know, I have a wear cat. red lipstick. I wear red <laughs> lipstick and I have a cat and I like sa- sass the patriarchy. So, yes. But it's like, no, I probably would have been somebody who was like on the, the edges of compliance within society, but still on the compliance side yeah. of things. You would have been bringing bread to the witches. Yeah. Secret. I would have like not gone to the burnings. Mm-hmm. I would have just been like, oh, I have a cough. I can't mm-hmm. go to the, I have the plague. I can't go to the burning. <laughs> exactly. It's really bad this year. The plague's everywhere. <laughs> no one got their plague shots. Uh, did you guys ever, when you were kids, get like a thrill out of watching witch movies movies what were your favorite ones um hocus pocus was it a vase i was a witch i was an icky witch as i would say for three halloweens in a row i really icky witch an icky witch that's what i called it and i guess i maybe was less obsessed with being a witch and my parents were more just like you're being a witch again (laughs) i had the same experience i was a witch like a hundred years ago (laughs) every photo between like i have no idea what year anything is from because it's all witch but it wasn't because i liked it it was because it was the cheapest costume at walmart my mom's like great it's a drape and a hat yeah (laughs) and the hat one size fits all keep wearing it (laughs) were you ever a witch when you were a kid maybe i don't know i don't remember i don't remember if i ever dressed up as a witch but I remember getting a thrill out of Walter Mercado being like, con mucho, 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 mucho amor. That was like my most famous witch, even though he's like a, a, a man. So a warlock. Um, <laughs> different conversation. A wizard. <laughs> a wizard. But wizard sounds so cool and warlock sounds so like scary. Or like dicky. Like yeah. I feel like like maybe Jared Kushner. Yeah, you goddamn warlock. Yeah. Stephen Miller definitely. Oh yeah. Which he's a fucking warlock. Yeah, an inept sure. warlock. Inept though. <laughs> inept warlock for <laughs> sure. Um so Julissa, I actually wanted to ask you something kind of tangentially related to the witch conversation because we were talking about like appropriation versus mm. appreciation and we are approaching Dia de los Muertos, which is a holiday that has become a lot more mainstream in the US. West. And I know that you have some feelings about the well, the mainstreamification of it. Yeah, you know, I think people don't even understand what Dia de los Muertos is. Like, I think people think that Dia de los Muertos is like Mexican Halloween mm. or, you know, that they think this is like the time to like uh, wear like Dia de los Muertos uh, makeup and like mm-hmm. dress up and go to the Hollywood cemetery. <laughs> and like, that's not what Dia de los Muertos is. If your ancestors are in the Hollywood cemetery, maybe <laughs> Yeah, but you don't show up like... <laughs> Dressed up. Like, dressed up. <laughs> like, like it's Coachella. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, like Dia de los Muertos is, is, is November 2nd, and it's the day when uh, you know, we actually put up altars in, like, our home, and we put flowers. Uh, it's a very beautiful, like, orange flower, and uh, we put our our people, uh, loved ones who have passed, we put their pictures up, and we cook their favorite food and we put out their favorite drinks and the the reason we do it is because you know we believe that that's the day when they come back to like visit us mm-hmm. and it's a day when we can like reconnect with them uh in like a physical way um and we take then on November 2nd we take all of that food 
all of that, all of those drinks, and we take them to the cemetery. And at the cemetery, we usually spend like all day at the cemetery eating and drinking. Uh, and like, we'll have music come and, and, you know, have mariachis come and play for us. And uh, it's it's a day when we can reconnect with those who have, have passed. Mm-hmm. Uh, nobody dresses up to go to the cemetery. Like, that's <laughs> not what it's about. Right. Um, and so, I, you know, I just, it just like, it bothers me that people, people now think it's just this like, another day for Halloween, like another day to like dress up. Mm -hmm. And that's not what it is. It's a family holiday. Yeah. It's not a party holiday. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, um, I was actually uh, thinking about how I haven't spent a Dia de los Muertos in Mexico probably since I was like a child, like Mm -hmm. since I left, since I was like 10 or something. Um, And I really, really want to go back to a Dia de los Muertos because also we make this like really amazing bread. Mm-hmm. It's like sweet bread, but mm-hmm. it's like specific kind of sweet bread. And then there's this little candy uh, called pipilitas that we only make during Dia de los Muertos. Mm-hmm. My mouth's watering. <laughs> you know, it's um, like another Christmas, mm-hmm. you know, where like the family gets together mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. we're all kind of in communion. Um, and that's what Dia de los Muertos is about. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm going to sound extremely white right now, but I didn't really know a ton about it until I watched Coco. Yeah. yeah. And uh, by the way, that's one of those movies that they do like pressure points on your emotions yes. to make you just cry like yeah. a mm-hmm. baby. I watched um, that on the plane several times. Oh man, my whole a, body just got tingled yeah. hearing Remember, Remember Me from the little baby. So good. And like the grandma. Mm-hmm. But it is interesting, even when I went to see Coco in the theaters, and this became a little bit of a controversy, they showed a Frozen short beforehand. Mm-hmm. And they were like, you don't need to like make this palatable like we're Mm -hmm. happy to see Coco you don't have to have fucking Elsa before it (laughs) right well also I mean I don't want to get into conversation about Coco I loved Coco I love love that movie it did really bother me though that that even in fucking death there is like an immigration checkpoint like Like, (laughs) overlooked (laughs) they could have hired one more Mexican person (laughs) on the staff to just be like "Eh." Uh, you know I mean I get that was like a big premise of the movie right like needing to like get back to get back but I was just like are you fucking Um, Okay, let's transition to the idea of a witch hunt, because we've talked about witches, we've talked about people who think they're witches, we've talked about people who think they're a different kind of witch than they actually could possibly be. Um, But one of the people that complains the most about being hunted as a witch is the president of the United States, who is a member of a demographic who never in the history of the world has been hunted as a witch. (laughs) Never. Um, Why do you think that witch hunt is something that men... Uh, especially powerful men, will invoke when it looks like they're about to face consequences. Because they read that one book about Salem witch trials in high school, and they were like, consequences? <laughs> consequences for actions that someone chose to take? That is a thing that is happening to me. <laughs> like, they don't really have a concept of, like, why it was specifically women that were being hunted and, like, persecuted in this way. They just sort of, like... I think they take like little bits of concepts and like victim. I could be mm-hmm. the victim. Mm-hmm. I am a victim of my own choices. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, it's like there are people that are the, usually like making those people on the edges of society be victims. Like yeah. it just it like boggles my mind. It's like, oh, uh, uh. also 
I mean, he's saying witch hunt and everyone that voted for him definitely would have killed the witches, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's like, you guys are the witch hunters. Yeah, right? like lock her up is basically burn the witch. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's like that's the, the target demo. <laughs> another, con- another context in which I've heard the witch hunt thing is like in the Me Too movement. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've seen a lot of people who are about to finally face consequences be like, oh, it's a witch hunt. Um, do you think that there is any elements of witch hunt at all in trying to take down famous people? Like, did did people get, did it ever get out of hand? No, like, <laughs> witches were uh, being hunted for being women, for being different, uh, for not conforming to society. Like, these assholes are getting hunted because they actually did, like, terrible things and they should be held accountable. Yeah. yeah. And I also think that, like, it's important to note that when these men who are being called out for their behavior, like, I think the biggest complaint is like, well, there's a gray area because here and there, I'm like, no, witches, like, you were assumed to be a witch and then they tried to drown your ass. Like, if she comes back to life, then she's definitely a witch. Like, we'll have to figure out something else. (laughs) Yeah, like, there wasn't really ever a gray area. Like, maybe you're a little witchy. It was like, you are, you aren't. Yeah. And I think that that is also true. Um, I mean, like, I I think that there are conversations within the Me Too movement where we do have those gray areas, but you certainly can't equivocate. Yeah. (laughs) You know what? I'm just going to say one quick thing before we end the conversation. Um, One thing that really bothers me so much is uh, people thinking that witch hunt means like witches are hunting them. Which is, I think, like, yeah. have you seen that? There's, like, no. political cartoons that are, like, witch hunt. And it'll be, like, you know, women wearing, like, signs that say, like, feminists, like, chasing, you know, President Donald Trump or whatever. Oh, my God. It's like, like the witches go out on a hunt yeah, together. Yeah, like, the witches have gotten guns and licenses, and they're going to go out, and they're going to get some dudes. Like, we should be so lucky <laughs> for witches to be hunting these pieces of shit. <laughs> it drives me nuts. It is the new begs the question. Yeah. It is like it's been it's been wrested from its real meaning and now it's being reappropriated. Um anyway. Uh okay, final thoughts. Uh favorite witch movie besides Hocus Pocus and uh and why? Um The Craft. The Craft is so good. The Craft is really scary too. Um, And I like that it's kind of about like a group of misfits that then ruin the lives of the other girls at the school. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Fair enough. Akilah, do you have a favorite witch movie? I mean... The Little Mermaid. I feel oh. like Ursula's for sure a sea witch. Yeah, yeah that's true. <laughs> she has two eels that are just her <laughs> friends and pets. I feel like, yeah, she's probably the strongest witch in my world. To be fair, I like when you ask the question, do you like movies that are about witches? I found them terrifying and also boring as a child. Like there was always just too much exposition about like how they were witches for generations and generations. I'm like, who cares? <laughs> like, what does that have to do with now? I didn't like that. So, you know, I like that Ursula like had a motive from the beginning. It uh, wasn't like her ancestors hated Ariel's family. She was just an angry bitch. And I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I have a favorite witch movie, but my favorite uh, which show was Clarissa the Teenage Witch? Yes. Mm. I love that. Sabrina. Sabrina. She was Sabrina. both. To be fair. Sabrina. Sabrina the Teenage Witch. I love that show, and I loved how she like moved her little nose, like. I think that was Bewitched. She definitely had a finger. You love it so much. It's your favorite. I loved. I love Clarissa explains it all. Bewitched and Sabrina the Teenage Witch. To me, they were all the same. Why not? They were all blonde. <laughs> That's true. And there they could go. all exist.
exist in the same universe. It might be a fun world to I imagine. think I watch all those shows like at the same time. Mm-hmm. And I liked elements of each one of them. I think, so I just started watching American Horror Story Coven. And I think that's my favorite witch Ooh. show. It's mm-hmm. very scary. It's but so scary. I'm, I'm, I got to finish it before tomorrow because it's Halloween tomorrow. <laughs> okay. Uh, all the time we have to talk about witches, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, the hills will die on. They say plants like music. Yeah, no, like really, they they respond to the vibrations of it, which means that this playlist you're listening to, the plants are too. You know what else plants like? Organic soil from miracle Grow. It's made with all the best stuff like wood fiber and compost. Plus, it's OMRI certified organic, which officially means it's made with superior ingredients. And when you give your plants the stuff that makes them happy, they won't judge you on your iffy playlist. Hear that, plants? So go ahead and give them miracle Grow. Okay, we're back with the part of the show where we take really adamant stances on things that don't really matter that much. It's The Hills Will Die On. Let's get started with our listener hill. Hi, Asteria. My name is Leland, and the hill that I will die on is no one should ever share an umbrella. It is a horrible experience for everyone involved. You end up half covered, half not, so you get wet anyway. You are walking uncomfortably close to each other, (laughs) vying for space. Honestly, I would rather just walk in the rain. And if you live in Florida like I do, you know you should always have an umbrella on your person. So if you don't, don't ask me to share. Do better. Thanks. <laughs> Love it. I, yeah, I agree. I agree. I think it's just polite. I think it's polite to try, but you have to be like, you have to be physically aligned with each other. You have to be about the same yeah. height. You have to have the same stride. Have you ever tried to share an umbrella with a really tall person? Yeah. Doesn't but work. also when I'm like, when someone's sharing an umbrella with me, I mean for them to just give it to me. You know, like <laughs> that's, that's the assumption I'm entering this agreement under. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Also, I think that it makes a difference to, you should attempt to share. You should make an overture. Yeah, it's like you're pretending to pay at a business meeting. Right. But I'm like, you called this meeting. Right. I'm putting it back. Yeah, exactly. It's like, I mean, you've seen pictures of the president and his wife and he's like not even trying to like (laughs) pretend he's going to share his umbrella with her. And that's just, I mean, it all tracks. But anyway, okay, um, I'll go next. Um, The hill I'll die on this week is I have been doing hills that I will die on for like fucking 50 some episodes. And I am fresh out this week. So I'm taking a week off and that is the hill that I will die on. (laughs) Okay, Megan, do you want to go next? Yeah, this one, gosh, I know I usually get really fired up, but this one's very important. So I'm going to be cool, calm and collected. So some change happens. You guys, you have to put hooks in bathroom stalls. (laughs) It's not okay. I feel like it's honestly sexist Mm -hmm. to not have a hook anywhere I you're hanging a bag sometimes on the handle and then it falls off like we have jackets I I don't even understand it shouldn't pass code unless there (laughs) is one to two hooks in there for things and every single bathroom stall okay I, I think that's totally yeah. fair. I hate putting, I, I hate having to put my purse like on the floor. You can't do that. You know, that's you, bad luck. But then, but then you're like holding it it's, and like yes, trying to like. Trying to pee. Yeah, that can't be good. No. Also, I always, like, why is the toilet paper thing never wide enough to hold yourself up? Yeah. Never wide enough like, for what anything. Am I to, like put it in my mouth. <laughs> and then sometimes you'll hook it over the door stall, like while the door is closed. And then you're just watching your purse folly <sighs> slow, slow, folly slow. <laughs> <laughs> you know, 
know what I've done is slow falling. Fall, wait, wait, fall slowly. Fall slowly. <laughs> if I have trying a, to combine things, I get it. I understand. Sabrina, the teenage. Clarissa fall. explains the fall. Uh, sometimes, if I have a purse with a short strap, I will put it over my neck like a feed bag. You like, shouldn't have to do that. I, I know I shouldn't have to, but that's one one way to cope with the unfair status quo. Um, okay, uh, Julissa, do you want to go next? Okay, people who sit on the aisle in airplanes stand the fuck up yes when people have to go to the bathroom like Ooh. i have been on so many planes recently and i always i always really try to get the the aisle seat because i get up a lot on long flights i just i hate sitting down i get up to stretch i drink like 2 gallons of water while i'm on the plane so i don't dehydrate and so then i have to pee a lot and when i happen to not get an aisle seat i will tell the person in the aisle Usually I get, I'll get like the window and I'll say, uh, just so you know, I get up a lot. So if you are trying to take a nap or something, like, would you, would you like to have the window, right? I give them that option. And then they're like, no, I'm okay. I don't mind getting up. And then when it's time for me to get up, they won't stand up. They're just like move their legs <laughs> to the side. And so then I'm having to like... Ugh, yeah, them. it's like yeah, like I'm having to like put my legs over them, and like then I'm like bothering the people in front of me because I'm holding on to yeah. the seat in front of me so I can get out and just get up. I actually recently asked the lady like, "Can you please just get up?" And she just looked at me like, "What?" And I was like, "Can you please stand up so that I can go to the bathroom?" And she was like, "I think you fit." And I was like, "I don't fit. Stand up." <laughs> and I just stood there until she stood up. But like, I don't want to have to do that. Just yeah. stand up. That's like common courtesy. Mm -hmm. Stand up. Yeah. That's it. That's yeah. the hell I won't die on. That's a fair People one. do it at sporting events, too. And sometimes you're at the top of a very steep, <laughs> and it's just people moving their legs. And it's like, I'm going to trip on your feet and your popcorn and die in the Staples Center, which is not where I want to take my last breath. Yeah. But what a way to go. Yeah. You know, in the Distracting from yeah. LeBron. <laughs> just like, goodbye, Kawhi. <laughs> You're, he would still sit on, he would sit on the bench not reacting to your death, just like he didn't react to that dunk the other day. Any other sports fans here? I've been doing sports lately because everything is, everything is bad. <laughs> um, Akila, you want to, want to bring us home? Yeah. All right. So this might be a safety thing. And I think maybe we should all die on this hill. I don't know what's happened in America, but we have gotten so far away from God's light. Just use your turn signal when you want to get over. I am driving again for the first time in a few years. Like I drove a little bit in New York. They have those little car to go things, whatever. But like I drove since I was 14 in Kentucky and we had a lot of back roads and it, there was like it was pretty much lawless. And so I understand driving fast and doing your thing. I live in Los Angeles now. The highways are 17 lanes wide. You can't just get over at the last second to go off the exit, and especially if you don't signal. I've seen so many insane wrecks here. I saw an old man just run into a guardrail because someone was coming and he got scared. So, like, <laughs> if people could please, it's, it's like the one common courtesy. But I think that, like, maybe our lives have gotten so boring that the most exciting thing we can do is just, like, cheat death while we're trying to go to Starbucks. And I think it's tacky. Use the damn turn signal. I mean, the city is full of people who should not be driving. And it's because they can't justify not giving people licenses because they've set up this entire... <laughs> Entire system where there's no way to get around at all unless you have a driver's license. Akila, I had not driven in five years. My license had been expired for nine. Jeez. And I went into a DMV in Hollywood and I printed out my driver's record from the state of Wisconsin, which ended in 2010. <laughs> 
handed it to them. They were like, here, take this test. It was the easiest I've, ta- I've talked. It was like mind-bogglingly easy. <laughs> I like, thought it was not that easy. <laughs> it was like, We've talked about I mean, this. I must have gotten an easy, because it was like, there's a kid in front of your car. What do you do? And they're like, A, honk, so the kid moves. Like, B, stop your car. You like, swerve. Yeah. Right? <laughs> and like, why the hell did I study so hard for that test? <laughs> I did study. I got like, the, and then afterwards they were like, here's your license. And it was like, holy shit, I should not be driving. But that's, I think, a lot of people. She, what she's yeah. trying to say is she doesn't use a turn signal. <laughs> no, I do. I do religiously use a turn signal. Like, even with, like, the U-turns here, because, like, I lived Ooh, in a I place where there weren't a lot of U-turns. Mm-hmm. People are just like, here yeah. I come, and I'm like, I'm coming around the corner. Yeah. I didn't see you. There was no signal. You just, like, decided to do this rogue move. Like, there are rules. Does anyone... And those rules keep us safe. And I think it's so <laughs> rude that people are like, that's fine. I'll risk both of our lives because I'm impatient. Does anyone call it a blinker? I used to. Okay. I used to call it a blinker. Okay, blinker. it must be a Midwestern. Okay, great. Yeah, but we got shamed out of it because well, we I moved to say. Sometimes I'll say, use your blinker, stinker. Yeah. <laughs> I also think, I mean, maybe this is just too long, but the reality is people also should learn to honk in L.A. I honked Ooh, at a guy who, like, pulled out in front of my car and, like, almost caused a wreck, like, immediately. He flipped me off. I'm like... This was a warning. Yeah. <laughs> I saved your ass, yeah. dude. Don't make me get out of this car and beat your giant ass right now because I'll do it. You know what? I, I love really honking. I love honk. I honk all the time. But I also anybody. apologize. If it's my fault, I mouth, I'm sorry. Or if people are like, <laughs> I'm like trying to communicate through my car. Anyway, um, that's all the time we have today. Akila, Megan, and Julissa, thank you so much for stopping by. Before we go, we have a little message from Alyssa Mastermonico and I announcing a brand new hysteria contest it's halloween so you know what that means it's almost christmas at least according to lifetime and hallmark's extremely thirsty marketing for this year's crop of deliciously bad holiday fare because we were so inspired by the forthcoming vanessa hudgens film the night before christmas Alyssa, that's night with a k with a K and because we so desperately need to pre-record an episode that will allow us to take a week off to let our families know we're still alive. We're going to celebrate with the first annual hysteria, bad movie pitches contest. Alyssa, what are some real bad holiday movies that you've seen? Okay. Well, one of my favorites is holidays with a Z D A Z E where Jenny Garth plays a very serious executive who has an accident bumps her head, wakes up, and has like this sort of dream as she's going through her hometown and reimagining her life. Holidays, get it? Like she's in a daze. See, that's got a lot of the proponents of a good, bad holiday movie where it's they started with the title, you know? Yeah, there's another one too that I really I was I was like, God, I have to I've I have watched these for so many years. And I thought there's one that you would be particularly um delighted by, which is Holiday in Handcuffs, a Melissa Joan Hart special where she is a fast talking um, waitress who decides <laughs> she wants the world to know that she is like got everything going on for her. So she kidnaps one of her customers who happens to be Mario Lopez and makes her pose as her fiance. Okay. Don't miss that one. Her hair is like Dolly Parton, early seventies. Wow. Well, that sounds, uh, another, sounds like another movie that started with like a very, very skeletal idea and they really built a whole body onto that skeleton and the body turned out 
weird. Um, <laughs> Alyssa, <laughs> Do you mean like the ghost of a ventriloquist dummy? Yes, sort of. Um, Alyssa, <laughs> what did you tell them the rules of our holiday, bad holiday pitch contest? Okay, here are the rules. The tone is Lifetime or Hallmark. You have to come up with the title before you come up with the actual plot of the movie. The title has to be based on a lyric from a Christmas holiday song, a line from a Christmas holiday poem, or a common holiday saying, puns are welcome. Oh, good. I mean, what would we do? We couldn't have the contest if they weren't because then you couldn't participate. Right. Exactly. Uh, your deliberately bad Lifetime or Hallmark holiday movie synopsis should top out at about a paragraph. If you'd like, you can imagine who would play the leads to paint a more vivid portrait of how ho ho horrible yet irresistible your film would be. <laughs> Submissions can be sent to hysteria at crooked.com. Please use the subject line bad holiday movie pitch so we can find yours and make sure it gets read. The deadline to participate is Friday, December 13th. That's right, Friday the 13th, <laughs> because we, Spooky, and our favorites will be read on our holiday episode airing on Christmas Eve. Um, we will enlist some elves at Crooked Media. Let's be honest, that's probably me and you, Alyssa. Uh, it's Caroline and Juliet, and maybe we'll have Pundit weigh in to pick the winners, which your lovely Hysteria co-host will attempt to read without laughing on a very special listener-heavy holiday episode of Hysteria. If you're good, Santa might just send our favorites a little something something not coal so never coal never coal so send us your bad pitches at uh, hysteria at cricket.com and we cannot wait to read them ho ho horrible <laughs> we want to add that neither lifetime nor hallmark though i did at one point in my life work at lifetime are paying us for this nor are they aware we're doing this the bad holiday movie pitches contest is just us doing something for the love of the game that's all the hysteria we have time for this week. There'll be more from us next week. Hysteria is a product of Crooked Media. Caroline Reston is our producer. Our editor is Sarah Barrett, and Kyle Seglin is our sound engineer. Thank you to Juliet Beckstrand for production support and to our digital team, Elijah Cohn and Nadina Malconian for filming and editing our video content every week. Hi, it's Martha Stewart. You know, I spend a lot of time thinking about dirt. At 3 a.m.? At all hours of the day, really. What people don't know is that not all dirt is the same. You need dirt with the right kind of nutrients. New miracle Grow organic raised bed and garden soil is so dense, so full of nutrient-rich, high-quality ingredients. miracle Grow is simply the best. 